everybody, and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, us. It's Ariel and Raylene. Hello. Yahoo! <laughs> Hello, everyone. I feel very cheerful today because it's so sunny and all the oh, snow has melted. Lucky. <laughs> the sky is so gray where I am, but that makes me really happy too. So. <laughs> well, yeah, you see, we we're each got the weather we like. Mm-hmm. Um... I went for a, a little walk today, not to not to brag, but <laughs> went I went for a short walk, <laughs> and it was you know it was nice. I'm I'm so bad at getting outside. Like I will be inside for like five days, and then I'll be like, gosh, you know, I haven't really stepped outdoors, have I? So yeah, I got to go for a little walk, which was nice. Well, then that's fantastic news. I'm really proud of you for doing that. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I came back and I. Uh, I put, got all my books ready for the episode, and it was just a very nice morning. Um, we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, but at the top here, at the top of the at the top of the episode, we won't make the same mistake we made last week, really. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna, we're going to talk about the book club. Yes. So, um, as you know, hopefully, if you listened to the episode, I guess it was two weeks ago, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, if you listen to that episode, you will have heard that we were doing our book club vote for our first 2021 book club mm-hmm. pick. And uh, we had five books up for option. Eileen, or yeah, Eileen by Otessa Moshfeg, A Complicated Kindness by Miriam Taves, Emma by Jane Austen, Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston, and The Nakano Thrift Shop by uh, Hiromi Kawakami. So... We can't believe it, but the winner is <laughs> Emma by Jane Austen by a long shot. Like, yeah. it didn't just win. It won. <laughs> yeah, by almost double the votes that the second and third ones got, which were Eileen and Nakano Thrift Shop. So yeah. Emma, like, completely just plowed over them, <laughs> which was very yeah, surprising. Uh, I We were honestly really surprised. When we were picking the books that, just if anyone wants to know our process on how we pick the books <laughs> for the votes... We just try and pick books that A, we both have, B, we both really want to read, and C, uh, books we think everyone is going to be interested in, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we were talking about Emma, we were both like, well, we both really want to read that book this year. We both own that book. Mm and, and But we almost didn't put it on the list because we were like, that probably won't win. And we were like, well, it's nice to put a classic on. Yeah, why not? So let's do a classic. And so we threw it on there. But we I really thought Eileen was going to win. Me too. Or their eyes were watching God because I've been hearing a lot of people reading that. Mm-hmm. Well, the people have spoken. So <laughs> the book is Emma because Emma is both a classic and quite a long classic. Mm-hmm. We've decided to move the deadline for the book club to April 17th. So that's an extra week. You get basically six weeks um, from the date that this episode goes out. Yeah. Or when does this... Yeah, from the date that this episode goes out to the... When you have to record it, you have... Or, yeah, you have about six weeks. And uh, I, if you've never done this before, we'd love for you to participate. We were thinking about how with Emma, probably a lot of you have read it in the past. So even if you're not going to reread it, you'll be able to participate in the book club. And the main thing is that it culminates with our book club episode where we get to listen to your thoughts. You can send in a voice clip 
please keep them under 30 seconds long to booksunboundpodcast at gmail.com and just put your subject line as Emma voice clip. That way we can sort them easily. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll remind you of that periodically and we're excited to read the book. Have you, uh, you've never read it, right, Raylene? Um, no, but I think I may have read a bunch of it when I was a kid, like not a kid, but I was like maybe 13 or something because my, Uh. my aunt used to get me books every Christmas and she would always give me classics and she ended up giving me, I think pretty much every Jane Austen book throughout the years. And that's why I originally had Pride and Prejudice and read it and was like, eh, I don't know. But she also gave me Sense and Sensibility, Emma. Right. And I remember I would read one chapter of Emma each day. Like it was a Whoa. chore. I was like, I just need to read one <laughs> chapter a day. And in so many days, I'll have finished this book. Right. So that's I, so yeah, I don't really remember anything about it. I think there's one part where Emma doesn't want to drink any more tea. But like, that's all I remember. <laughs> Someone, like, just keeps giving her tea, and she's like, I don't want any more tea. That's so funny. I think that was Emma. That may have been a different Jane Austen book. But, yeah, that's that's all I've got. I don't... I've seen the movie with um, <clears throat> Anya Taylor-Joy, so I have seen that, which I think will help me yes. in my reading of the book, because I have totally. a visual to associate all these different characters with. So, I think, totally. I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. So, I have read four of Austen's six novels, and the two I haven't read are Emma and Mansfield Park. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it's really exciting that I'm going to be, like, knocking off one of the other two I haven't read. So, that's really exciting. And, um, yeah, I have never read any of it. So, I I don't know what the book is going to be like, but I have watched a lot of the Emma adaptations. I'm obsessed with the Anya Taylor-Joy movie. I've watched it so many times. But I also love the Romula Garai version that was done, I think it was 2007 or 2008. It's really good. It's like a mini series. I really recommend Mm -hmm. that one. Um, And then there's the Gwyneth Paltrow version, (laughs) which is... (laughs) I mean, why was Gwyneth Paltrow playing Emma? I I don't... There's a lot of questions. In some ways, it... It makes sense, you know, like a rich, young, pretty woman. It, it kind of makes sense, I guess. Why is it American? I don't know. It's fine. Um, all right. So that was our, our first bit of important news. Mm-hmm. Let's now jump into some book talk. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about books. Um, wow. Gosh, where should we begin? Honestly, I think we should begin with my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually is important. Book news right off the top. Yeah, it is a bit of book news. So... Two weeks ago, I guess, when when the last update episode came out, I talked about how hopefully by the time we recorded next, which is now, I would have had my bookshelves done. Well, I don't have my bookshelves done, but I did build some bookshelves. Um, what I did was I built the bookshelves in my bedroom mm-hmm. and I am still working on the main bookshelves, which are the ones that are going to be in my office. But Raylene can see the bookshelves behind me and she gave me a round of applause. (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy. (laughs) I showed them to her and she literally broke out into a round of applause because she really likes them. So I will definitely have um, a photo for the Instagram of the bookshelves, the first bookshelves in the house, a very exciting moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so anyway, a little bookshelf update. (laughs) Finally, I have one. So, So that is now the place where I am putting brand new books and books I want to read soon. Um, it's really good. My having main bookshelves like will be downstairs. I love that. Yeah, it is nice to have a bookshelf like that. So, all right. Now let's, you know what? I want to do, I want to do our book haul. That's what I want to start. Okay. That's with. a good place to start. So let's start there. Raylene, what do you got? Okay. I know that you've got a couple. <clears throat> I have just yeah. so you know, I have one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> well, I, 
I have six, so <laughs> beat that. Um, okay, so let me let me just preface this by saying uh, there's a reason why I bought so many books. A few weeks ago, there was just this horrible situation at work that was bothering me so much and was going on yes. for months and months and months and was something that I had to deal with and so many people were just annoying me about it. And uh, a couple weeks ago, it ended, finally, after months of turmoil. And I told myself, as soon as this is over and, like, I've completed it the way it needs to be done, I'm going to buy myself some books. So that is what I did. I uh, I respect that. I went online and I ordered myself some books. So the first one I got is No Longer Human by Osamu Dazai. Have you seen this? Mm, mm -mm. Oh, really? It's, um... A older Japanese book. It came out in the 50s, I think. Yeah, it came out in 1958 oh. originally. And um, it's also been adapted into a manga by um, Junji Ito, the famous horror oh, okay. author. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really int- intrigued because th- this doesn't sound like it's a horror book, but the fact that Junji Ito adapted it makes me think maybe it's got some freaky undertones. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's basically about this guy who... Uh, it says he narrates a seemingly normal life even while he feels himself incapable of understanding human beings. So he is a human, but he doesn't feel human. <laughs> it seems like a weird kind of strange little book, but I've been I've had my eye on that one for a long time now, and so I finally just decided to buy it. Um, cool. Next up is If Beale Street Could Talk by James Baldwin. I have been wanting to read more James Baldwin recently because a few years ago I read Giovanni's Room by him and just loved it like it was so Mm. so good and for Mm. some reason I haven't picked up any of his novels since then and so I just decided what am I what am I doing I need to pick this up (laughs) and this has also been recently made into a movie which is kind of what pushed me towards this one but this one this one sounds really good as well although it sounds like it would be stressful for you Ariel because it's about a 19 year old girl who has a baby so Yeah, that sounds like I don't want to read. Yes, just so you know, you don't want to read that. Um, I guess that we should explain that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that was on a bonus episode. There aren't teenage moms out there who suddenly think I'm biased towards them. Um, (laughs) In one of our Patreon episodes where we do, we answer questions from our Patreon or from our patrons for bonus little mini podcast. Um, What was the exact question? It was, what are your book turnoffs? Yeah. What's something that would make you want to put a book down? Exactly. And I, for me, it is teenage pregnancy. It just, it stresses me out Mm. so much. Like I can't at all read it and have fun. I think because I just, I don't know. I know people who have gone through teenage pregnancy and it's not fun. It's not, it's not like to me, like something that you read and then at the end it's like, oh, what a beautiful, inspiring story. I'm like, no, that's horribly disruptive. And, um, I don't know. So stressful. Yeah. So anyway. (laughs) Once I read this book, I'll have to let you know how it goes and we'll see what kind of story Yeah, you'll also let me know if you spend the entire time stressed. (laughs) (laughs) I probably won't, but we'll see. Okay. Next up is a book that I've already read that I've just been meaning to buy for a long time. And that is The Lonesome Bodybuilder by Yukiko Motoya. That's an incredible cover. Yeah. It's the greatest cover ever. And actually the inside flaps are nice too. Oh, really? They match show the cover. Show me those, show show me those flaps, Raylene. The flaps Oof. are, like, yeah, they just match. Beautiful. It's, like, a really nice package. However, this book is impossible to find anywhere. Oh. I couldn't get it from Indigo. I couldn't get it from Book Depository. I ended up buying it on Amazon, which was my last choice and only oh. choice. And But I just really <laughs> wanted to own it. It's kind of, I don't know if it's 
like going out of print or something. But anyway, it's a great short story collection full of weird magical realism and just like strange mm. little stories. I yeah. got it out of the library a few years ago and was like, I need to own this. So I finally bought that. I will post a picture of that on the Instagram because it is beautiful. And wow. another very important book that I've already read that I just had to buy is another edition of The Great Gatsby, which is the coolest. <gasps> you got cover the one I sent you. I yes. <laughs> this is the Penguin Classics Deluxe Edition, which I've been dying for them to release a Great Gatsby edition for years. Mm, they have such mm -hmm. a great collection of other classics, but for some reason they've never done this one. Um, but this year was the 100 year anniversary of the Great Gatsby, I think, which is why they're now releasing some cool stuff for that. That makes sense. Um, and this one also has an introduction by Min Jin Lee, so it's the, the same edition oh. basically as the other one I hauled last time, just in a different package. Um, so yeah, funny. it's... The most beautiful one of all time, I think. It looks like Inception meets the 1920s, and it's just so cool. Yes. So. That's a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's got a very trippy vibe to it. And then, okay, I also bought a new release hardcover. Yes, I am planning on reading well, it soon. Well, that's I just, controversial. Well, <laughs> we're allowed to buy them if we're going to read them right away. That's the yep, idea, that's right? That's true. That is true. We'll <laughs> There should, we should have some sort of a punishment where, like, if we don't read it within a month, I think we have to do something. Oh my god. Yeah, you guys should write in. What should be our punishment if we don't we read should, the books within a let's, month? Let's post an Instagram about that. Okay, asking. so I'll post this book, which is okay. Dark Horses by Susan Mihalik. Not sure if that's Ooh. how you say her name, but this is one that just kind of came onto my radar recently because it just came out. I think I probably saw it on Goodreads on like a featured new releases list. Um, right. This is a coming of age story, which like ticks off one box on my favorite books thing. Um, <laughs> and the main character, her name is Roan Montgomery. She's an equestrian prodigy. And so it's all about this young girl who... What? I love this. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I've talked about this before. I kind of like horse books. So <laughs> this is like taking me back to my childhood when I used to ride my ride my friend's horse books. I would read them. I wouldn't ride them. That's insane. <laughs> oh, um, boy. But yeah, so, but this is actually kind of a dark story, I believe. Why? Yeah, well... Tell me, tell me really. why. <laughs> there's some issues with Roan's father. I think he is kind of an abusive, powered, uh... horrible type of man. And so it's kind of a, a dark story, a dark coming of age. Hold on, Simon's meowing. I gotta let him out. Everyone heard Simon. <laughs> Everybody. So yeah, this book just sounded right up my alley. And I checked the library to see if they had copies on order. They didn't. And mm. I tried to see if I could get the audiobook off of script or something but it just wasn't available anywhere and I was desperate and I was like you know what I need this book so I just ordered it from my local bookstore and I just picked it up two days ago actually so it was very good timing and last but not least <laughs> last but not least this is a book that I've been waiting for for approximately maybe a month and a half it's a book that you yourself sent me and oh it took freaking oh forever to get here. I knew it was because it was Book Depository. I just knew oh, it. Classic. Um, classic. But yeah, so if you guys will remember, a little while ago I was in a car accident. Oh, and then, I just remembered and then... <laughs> what book this was. I was like, wait, I don't remember what the hell book I sent her. I'm That's so, so glad you got it. Okay, keep going. Yeah, tell so, the tale. Tell so the tale. So yeah, so I, as you guys may, re may remember, I was in a little car accident. My car got ripped apart and I was very upset. And Ariel was like, oh, I bought you a book. It's about a car. I hope that's not <laughs> offensive. <laughs> And immediately when you said that, I was like, this could be, like, one of two things. Either it's, like, yep. some kid's book about a car, 
or it's this book that I knew it was going to be this. Oh it's my God, Christine that's so funny. by Stephen King. Oh, a that's book so about funny. a cover. Well, I mean, what's very funny too is that that is not the cover that I bought you. <laughs> Are you serious? Because this, as soon as it came, I was like, oh my God, she picked the cover that I would have wanted. <gasps> Yeah, like, these are the editions that I've been kind of collecting. I've been getting them in the mass markets and in the trades, depending on what I've been able to find. Okay. Um, it's kind of like the cool, modern Stephen King cover. Um, Have you seen the blue one? The which one? The blue one? I don't think so. I can look it up, though. But anyways, yeah, this, it's kind of, it worked out perfectly, because this is a Stephen King book I neither owned nor have read yet somehow mm. um mainly because it's kind of a weird sounding one it's about it like, sounds really car. weird but yeah <laughs> but one it of my friends read it bizarre. and apparently it's one of his best according to my friend who's what? read pretty much all of his books so okay that's really good news because i um oh this is the one this is the cover that i thought i'd got oh you. yeah okay that wouldn't have matched any of my other ones so i'm kind of glad okay it well that one well, I'm glad too then. Well, uh, <laughs> Book Depository's mistake helped me out. It's yeah, beautiful. so I was looking into, actually, really, this is literally a perfect segue okay, into perfect. my book haul. Tell because when your car, when you were in your car accident, I was like, okay, really needs to have a book. She needs a present. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, for most people, I would not send them a book about a car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you did. Because that. it seems insensitive, but knowing our friendship, I knew that would be totally fun oh, yes. and that you actually enjoy that. And so I started looking into books about cars and that one came up and I was like, oh, has she read it? So I like tried to do a little stocking of your Goodreads or whatever, but I couldn't really tell. And I was like, well, she probably hasn't because I've never heard mm-hmm. you mention that one. Yeah. And why would you read that one? <laughs> um, <laughs> why would I pick that of all the books? Exactly. Out of the 50 that there is. So um, I just took a chance. And so I'm I'm very excited to hear what you think. And I'm glad to hear that your friend gave it a good review because mm-hmm. it sounds loony. I mean, can you tell everyone what it is, it's about, actually? Yeah, I'll just like scan the back here. <laughs> it starts with, it's love at first sight for high school student Arnie Cunningham when he and his best friend Dennis Gilder spot the dilapidated 1958 <laughs> red and white Plymouth Fury for sale, dubbed Christine by its original cantankerous owner, rusting away on a front lawn of their suburban Pennsylvania neighborhood. Um, so yeah, they find a car. It's an old car. And but start there's murdering an people awful truth behind a car with a horrifying and murderous history. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, and heaven help anyone who gets in Christine's way. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it does sound pretty crazy. It sounds crazy, but moving into my book haul, Mm -hmm. the, um... One of the books that I got myself was literally the old, the other one that I was thinking about getting Interesting. you. Interesting. Okay. So, I had seen this at a bookshop. I really, th- I thought it sounded good, but I had already, like, I was already committed to buying a few other books. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. So, I did the thing I always do. I took a photo of it. And I was like, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't buy it. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it. Then you were in your car accident and I was like, maybe I should get her that book that was yeah. about cars. But wait, I'll look into it. And then I found the Stephen King one and I was like, really in love Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I'll go that direction. But the other one was this book, Concrete Island oh. by J.G. Ballard. Have you ever heard of this one? No, I've heard of the author, but not that book. Yeah. So I don't know. It sounds cool. really, really weird. <laughs> okay. Tell me everything. So, I have no idea. 
Uh, a guy who's 35, it says he's an architect, is driving home from his London offices when a blowout sends him sp his speeding Jaguar hurtling out of control. Whoa. He smashes through a temporary barrier and finds himself on a traffic island below. So sort of like, you know, there's like all these overpasses or whatever, and there's just this little island of land that he mm -hmm. lands on. And he's like, oh my god, oh my god. So he survives the crash. And obviously he's like, I need to get off of this island, but there's no way out. He's trapped. So Whoa. it's sort of a, it's sort of a survival book. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> um, crazy. I love but it. But there's other people who have gotten stuck on the island too. And so there's like a little society there. Um, and apparently like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, can he, does he want to leave? Maybe yeah. the maybe he loves the island. So it sounds really freaking weird. It has a pretty big font, and um, it's only a hundred and fifty oh, six pages. So this one sounded so weird. <laughs> this next one that I got, you'll be very excited about. Okay, it is no one is talking about <gasps> this by it. Patricia Lockwood. Okay, so this is a funny story because Raylene, like two weeks ago, three weeks mm -hmm. ago, sent me a text that just said, this book sounds like you'd like it, or like, this is sounds like an aerial book. Mm -hmm. And the cover is outstanding. It's so good. It is so spooky. Oh, um, it. it looks like a cult or something. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it, like a religious cult? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like kind of there's light refracting out. and it's all colorful and, oh, and it's clouds cool. and it just feels oddly, vaguely re religious somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Raylene sent me this book and I'd absolutely never heard of it because it just came out. Like yeah. it came out at the beginning of February, I think. And um, I looked it up, and it does sound like such an aerial book. So it's about a young woman who I think is, like, around our age. And I don't think it says in the in the synopsis. But, like, she has a big internet following. And the book takes place while she's on this, like, tour. Haha, <laughs> COVID. Haha, <laughs> written before COVID. Um... <laughs> This tour where she's, like, going around meeting her, the people that watch her stuff. I don't know if she makes videos or has a blog or whatever. Right. It says, it just says viral social media posts. That could, I don't know what that means. That could be anything. But she does some, she, yeah, it could be TikTok. I don't know. So she does something <laughs> that, ha like, has a lot of followers. So she's going on this world tour meeting these followers. And, um... She then, it's, it's, it seems to be about the relationship between her and the internet and her in real life, which is literally just me. Yeah. <laughs> My constant existential woe. Um, and like the synopsis is really weird and vague because I think the book is weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Um, I got she that says, feeling. Yeah. She says that she starts to think of, um, all of the, it says, overwhelmed navigating the new language and etiquette of what she terms the portal, where she grapples with unshakable conviction that a vast chorus of voices is now dictating her thoughts. So it's sort of like, once you have a lot of followers on the internet and they start telling you what to do and telling you what's good and telling you what's bad, that's mm -hmm. kind of like overtaking her brain, which I think is so interesting. She calls that the portal. And anyway, she then gets a text from her mom saying that something's gone wrong and it makes her have to like snap back to reality. So it's about like the difference between the internet world and the yeah. real world. It sounds so good. Plus it's so short. It is 208 pages, but it has a lot of, like, um, paragraph breaks. I don't know how else to explain that. You know a what's perfect of, about like... this? You and I both bought brand new hardcovers, so 
two yes. update episodes from now if we haven't read them we're gonna be punished we in some way we're gonna have to do some sort of a punishment whatever yeah. our our people say um <laughs> But yes, this is, I actually thought about that as I was buying it. I was like, am I ready to read this soon? Because I have to read you it. You gotta be ready. Yeah, within <laughs> a month, I need to read this book. So that's really fun. Um, and then I got, so I got this book at the same shop. It's called The Ghost in the House Ooh. by Sarah O'Leary. Have you heard of this one? Uh-uh, looks cool. No, I know. I hadn't heard of it either. And I just got entranced by the spine because it was colorful. Oh, yeah, Picked nice. it up and it's a it says, what if a ghost were haunting your house? What if you were the ghost? Um, and so it's about a woman who dies and then she realizes that she has died and that she's a ghost. And it seems it's very short and it's about like, um, how her life was, she was leaving, leading the life of an artist, this life of possibility. And then she dies and now she's got to like, you know, think about her life and stuff. It's very, again, very short and it's Canadian. And I just thought it sounded really cool. So I got that one. And then the last two that I got are classic. I got Ooh. myself a, a couple juicy classics here, Raylene. Okay. Um, the first one is A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens in yeah. this cover that I'm obsessed I really with. like that cover. I know. And they sell the uh, rest of his books, like, with these. So I mm. feel like if I buy any more, I have to buy them in these Definitely. editions. Whoa. They ha it has a portrait of Dickens at the Whoa. back in this, like, beautiful watercolory. Oh, that's so cool. Anyways, um, <laughs> I bought this because me and my dad keeps, <laughs> we keep saying it was the best of times. It was the worst <laughs> of times. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I've never actually read A Tale of Two Cities. I don't fully know what Dickens is talking about when he talks about that. But no, exactly. it's become so meaningful to me because like it always happens when we're reminiscing. Me and my dad will be reminiscing about one of our past lives because we've moved around so much yeah. that it feels like I've lived like 12 different lives. We'll be talking about like a house we lived in 10 years ago and blah, blah, blah. And we'll kind of, you know, do the kind of fade off. And then one of us will say, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> oh, I can picture that perfectly. That totally fits Shoot. your guys' vibe. <laughs> it really does. So anyway, I'm very excited to read this. And, um, one of my great shames in life is that I've never read a Dickens before. Um, oh, really? Not even a Christmas Carol? No, not even a Christmas Carol. Wow. That's the only one I've read, so that's yeah. all I can say. I mean, it feels Dickens. weird to me. I feel like, because obviously I have, um, I have my two literature degrees and I only bring, <laughs> I hate bringing them up because I sound, I feel like so pretentious, but I just bring them up because it's like, you'd think you'd read Dickens in one of you those would think, yeah. five years of studying. I would have done a Dickens, but I never did. And I mean, they were assigned, but I got away without reading them. So. Oh, there's the truth. <laughs> there's the real truth. Yeah. Um, okay. And the last book is The Grapes of Wrath Ooh, by uh, John Steinbeck. Steinbeck. Have you read this one? No, I've, with, for me with Steinbeck, all I've read is, Oh, I've read of Mice and Men and Cannery Row. Like, I've only read two of his short ones. I haven't... And did you... I think you liked them, right? Yeah. I really liked yeah. one of them. So but it was I, funny because me so and uh, Connor and I went to a thrift store. 
and it was one of these oh god i loved going i love going to thrift stores i didn't used to again my my antique fear mm-hmm. i can feel it lifting away from me i used to feel very nervous when i went to thrift stores and now i find it like i go in there and every single time i go in there i kind of like take a deep breath and i say this is north american culture <laughs> cheap crap being sold once again i'm like what is it um but anyway we're going through and it was like really fun and i saw we obviously went back to the book wall and i saw this and that for me is the only real kind of book that i usually buy at a thrift store is like a cool old classic because that was just like me with my steinbecks i just found them and they were so cheap and old and i was like cool Exactly. This is only a dollar. And the reason that I felt cool buying it was because it clearly had never been read before. It's a bit yellowed from just time, but it has never been read before. Like you can tell there's nothing, there's no notes or, or it just looks like it's, the spine isn't broken or anything. It's crisp. Exactly. Um, and I loved the cover. I just think that it's really pretty. So I went to check out and went to the till and and the lady that was there was like, you know, she was like a 70 year old lady Mm -hmm. and she was like, Oh, I love this book. (laughs) And I was like, really? And she's like, yes, it's phenomenal. When I was a teenager, I went on this, this summer where I read all of his books and this was my favorite. It is such a good book. And there was a movie that came out of it starring Henry Fonda. The movie's also so good. And she's like, I think it came out in the sixties. I looked it up. It came out in the forties. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that we're going to be messing up when we're, we're going to be like, I think that came out in the, in the two thousands and it come, came out in the nineties. Um, but yeah, so I, I was like, well, hyped on that interaction. And then that afternoon we were talking to um, my boyfriend's best friend and he was saying that he had just read this no a month ago and was obsessed with it. He loved it so much. So I had these two really great recommendations and I'm like, what a well-spent dollar. One no kidding. dollar. <laughs> really. Not much better so, you can do with that dollar. No, seriously. So anyway, that is my book haul. Very excited about it. I feel like I got some great books. I feel like you got some good books. Mm-hmm. Um... Now I guess we should talk about books we've actually read. Books we've got opinions on. (laughs) That's absurd. What did you read this week that you want to talk about? Okay, so, well, last time we spoke, I was reading Brave New World, I guess. So I should just give you a quick update on that. I finished it, and I didn't like it. (laughs) Damn! Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting, because I feel like that's the first mashed potato book you've read or that we've read on the podcast that didn't turn out to at least you like yeah yeah because my other one was the poppy war which i thought was fine like it was good this one however i didn't really like it much at all um it had an intriguing concept i'll give it that much but i really did not connect with the writing style and it just like was weird and kind of confusing at times but mostly very boring i found it to just be not like fun to read and like it didn't want to pick it up and so i kind of blasted through the second half of it in one day i just like sat down and was like i'm going to read this now so i kind of had to force myself (laughs) to finish it which wasn't fun (laughs) wasn't great so uh, yeah i don't know i probably would have been better off just dnfing it but it was one of those books that i'm like you know what i really want to be able to say that i've read brave yes i'm glad that you finished it so because now you can now you know you'll never be wondering and if anyone ever asks about your opinion on brave new world you can fully be like i just didn't really like it and then after that i've kind of been in a bit of a reading slump honestly it 
I don't know if it was because of Brave New World or if I just couldn't figure out what I was in the mood for. So I've kind of just been floating around. And the other reason, you're going to laugh when you hear this, Uh the other reason I'm in a a reading slump is because I've discovered a new hobby. Oh no, Um, I can't wait. Please tell me that it's making stained glass (laughs) things. Because that's what I've been watching YouTube videos about lately. Well, that sounds very cool. Mine is far less interesting (laughs) than that. I have started doing Sudoku puzzles. Oh my God, I love you so much. That's the (laughs) cutest thing you've ever said to me. So, um, here's the story. I went over to my friend's house because we were just going to have a day of reading together, which is when I read Brave New World, actually. I was reading it at her house. And she was just like, I got you this Sudoku puzzle book. It's this very cute little Sudoku book. She got it for me at the dollar store. Sudoku. It's beautiful, actually. I was actually. showing it to Ariel. Yeah, it's very cute. And so, and then I had it for, you know, like a week, week and a half. And I finally decided to start doing it. And I was surprised by how difficult it was at first because mm. I, my brain just wasn't like yes. wired to be doing Sudokus. But now I've gotten totally. obsessed so much so that I'll be reading a book and I'll be thinking about Sudoku while I'm trying to read oh a book. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> and I'll be like, when I go to sleep at night, I can just picture numbers and lines in my head. Like I'm trying to figure <laughs> out a Sudoku that doesn't exist. Like, I don't know what's like happening. Like the Queen's Gambit. Exactly. The Queen's Gambit where you're watching the Sudoku puzzle unravel on your that's ceiling. That's exactly I how I'm you. imagining it too. I'm like... The numbers are taking over my life. <laughs> I can't read anymore. I don't like books. I only like numbers. Oh my so, goodness. So that's yeah, amazing. so that's kind of been messing with my reading quite a bit. Um, so I've read a handful of random like comic books slash manga, which actually I do want to talk about a couple of the ones I read. I recently reread the first volume and then read the second volume of Good Night Pun Pun. Oh my god, he's so... It looks Have you like ever seen this the... before? No, but it looks like the weird version of Sheets by Brenna Thunder. <laughs> yeah, because he's not a ghost, he's a chicken. <laughs> oh, you look like a ghost. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the story of a young boy. It doesn't really say how old he is at the beginning, but he's in late elementary school. So he's like, I don't know, eight or something. And him and his family are all portrayed as these little chickens. And mm. everyone else around them is like beautifully, heavily detailed drawings um but his family is just these little simple little chickens and he has a very dysfunctional family his father is abusive and his mother's kind of an alcoholic and so he just has this kind of rough upbringing and he just feels very alone and isolated which is just Mm. perfectly portrayed by him being this little chicken with he's like a stick figurine (laughs) chicken basically um so it's it's so good i read this first volume a few years ago and was like wow that was strange i don't know how i feel about it but i'm gonna hang on to it just in case i want to read it again one day and i finally decided i think i do want to reread it and i just for some reason on a whim bought the second volume like a year ago so i read both of them in a couple of days and they are so good. If anybody is oh, looking good. for, yeah, like it's hard to explain them because it's yeah, it's kind of a just a dark coming of age story, but at the same time, it's so surreal and weird. Like um, Pun Pun will often talk to God, but God is just oh. a picture of the author of this manga. <laughs> it's just like him <laughs> smiling, and he's God for some reason, and so it has like these weird moments, and. Wow very strange moments like all of the adults in this for some reason are just kind of psychotic and anytime somebody like kid will talk to one of the teachers the teacher just like says something crazy and it's like what is going on exactly it's hard to know but actually i'm just going to show you the most beautiful um spread from this comic i'm going to post this on instagram because it's just gorgeous 
That is gorgeous. The art is insane. He's, I'm so confused. So, so he's not actually a chicken. No. He's a person. He, he just is sees a, himself yeah. as a chicken. Exactly. He's, him oh, and his whole okay. family, they're just regular people. Which was, that's like, so that's funny. the weird part when you start reading this book. You're like, is he actually a chicken? But he's, he's right. not. That's just the way he's okay. portrayed. So you, you don't really know what he looks like. You know, like, he's kind of just like a, a blank well, figurine. You don't actually know how awesome. he looks or how he talks. Because he doesn't outright speak in the comic. Like... He is mostly his internal thoughts. He doesn't have very many facial expressions, so it's very funny. Um, but yeah, it's very, very weird and very dark. So if that sounds up people's alley, I highly recommend giving these a try. There's, I think, seven volumes, and they're like these two-in-one omnibus editions that have been released in English. And there's only seven of them. They're kind of expensive, but mm. I, I'm, I'm trying to track them all down right now because I really want to read That's the awesome. Rest. I'm so glad it worked out. Yeah. So that's pretty much all I've read. And a couple of other comics that aren't even worth mentioning. <laughs> okay, so is that kind of your, uh, what you've read and you're currently reading? or do you? No, that's just what I've read. I'm currently reading okay. some other things, which we can talk okay, about. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Then yeah. I will just share what I have read. Okay. I'm excited, actually. First of all, I read Scratch, oh, edited good. by Manjula Martin, which you will recall was the book I was reading for my, uh, with my friend. This book was awesome i really liked it i would give it a four out of five stars because it is a collection of essays a lot of essays or or are they essays i guess they are essays but like a lot of pieces like at least 30 pieces and i obviously there was a lot i didn't like so i can't give it a five but it wasn't flawless but there there, it was really interesting so i i did talk about this last week but um this is about how do i put it I mean, the subtitle is Writer's Money and the Art of Making a Living. It's all of these different pieces from different authors um, and different types of authors, nonfiction, graphic, novel writers, um, novelists. I think there was a YA author in there. So like all sorts of different writers and Mm -hmm. how they make a living and their relationship with money. It was so, so cool to read all these different perspectives and see how like, Some of them are teachers. Some of them are professors. One of them was a carpenter. (laughs) And, like, she's, like, a carpenter during the summer months. And then she writes during the winter months when there isn't that much carpentry work. And um, there's also interviews that the editor, Manjula Martin, she did with um, a bunch of of these giant writers. So she, like, did an interview with Cheryl Strayed, Jonathan Franzen, Roxanne Gay. um, Austin Cleon and stuff. And those were really interesting. Um, I will say the Roxanne Gay one was the worst one. (laughs) Because she was, I don't know if if she was just in a bad mood that day or what, but she was giving terrible answers. (laughs) (laughs) Like legit. I will, uh, for example, um, she says, uh, okay, so the, the editor asks, how much student loan debt do you have? And Roxanne Gay just says $130,000. And she says, is that a big consideration for you in terms of your teaching career, working towards eliminating that debt? And Roxane Gay says, it doesn't stress me out. I mean, it keeps me working, but the student loan system is great. It doesn't bother me. Like, it's like every single thing that she asks, she gives these very tiny answers to. Okay, this is great. This one's great. Uh... She talks about how she sold her first books for pretty cheap, but obviously as she yeah. gets more successful, and so she's, uh, she got more money for it, and the author says, that's a pretty good raise. And literally, Roxanne Gay just says, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
just M-M-H-M-M. Mm-hmm. And then... I know. And then so the author asks, what do you aspire to do next in your career? And, you know, that's like, you know, obviously the author is just asking her questions to mm-hmm. be like, you know, give me something here, something to write about. Yeah. And the and Roxane Gay says, I would like to win a Pulitzer. But more importantly, I'd like to write something worthy of a Pulitzer. That's it. That's all she says. And so the author says, that's a very concrete goal. And Roxane Gay says... I have very concrete goals. <laughs> so like, okay, couldn't really, was not interested in talking today. It was an awkward today. Zoom call. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was an awkward Zoom call. Um, so this book actually came out back in like 2015. So, you know, maybe, or no, 2017. Um, but it was, it was still, I thought, really topical and interesting today i don't think that the world of writing and how authors get paid is changing that much year by year on like social media that's like you know every year is so different it's it's pretty much the same um but i thought it was so interesting and i kind of found some authors that i was i like am now interested to read about one of them is e yun lee who um, is this short story writer who immigrated to America from China. And she, her answers to, she was one of the people that was interviewed because mostly the author writers just wrote essays. Yeah. And there were all these, like, there was this one amazing essay about this ghost writer who oh, I've, cool. I'd never heard of her. And, but she was like, ghostwriting all of these different books and she talked about like what the project was and she's like one time I got paid loads of money to do a ghostwriting project for a hairdresser that like did hairdressing for celebrities and and like that didn't pay that paid well because of this and then this other time I did did this weird project and I never ended up getting paid and it was like you know what I mean like it's just so interesting interesting learning about all the stories but most of them were essays that the people had written um, and then some of them were interviews, though there were like six interviews. Yeon Lee's interview was my favorite. She was so interesting. Um, so yeah, so I finished that, but I also read another book, Raleen. <gasps> oh my God. I read Wage Slaves by Daria Bogdanska. Have you seen this? I've only seen it because you posted a reading vlog and that was the first place I'd ever seen it or heard of it. Yes, so this was my reading vlog for uh, February um, that came out a little late, I will admit, but it came out and that's what's important. (laughs) And um, so yeah, so this was a graphic novel that I bought actually when I went to the bookshop and bought all those other books, but I read this one fully and um, I didn't like it that much. I mean, it was okay. I gave it a three out of five stars, so I didn't hate it or anything. But I just didn't feel much, I guess is the word. I just didn't yeah. feel like at the end of it, I wasn't like, oh my God, I have to recommend this to Raylene. Or, oh my God, I can't wait to tell all the patrons about it. I thought it was an interesting story. It's about a, a woman who's like in her late mid to late 20s. She moves from Poland to Sweden to go to art school and while she's in Sweden in Malmo she's trying to get a job and and there's this horrible bureaucratic nightmare where she no one will give her a job because she doesn't have a social uh, security or a social insurance number or whatever but she can't get a social insurance number unless she has a job so she's oh. like completely screwed and she's like how the hell am I supposed to figure this out yeah. <laughs> like, so she ends up working at a at an Indian restaurant that is um, willing to kind of hire people under the table and like pay people under the table um, but the Indian restaurant treats everyone like garbage because they can right yeah 
And so she starts to get really upset about this and she joins a union and she meets this other woman who worked at a different Indian restaurant and like it's like this um, chain, it's not a chain of restaurants, but it's like this systemic problem of these restaurants that are like not paying people fairly and like totally abusing their workers and stuff. And so it kind of became like a like a workers' rights book, which makes oh, sense. Yeah. The book is called Wage Slaves. Right. Um, and I think that that's very interesting, honestly. And, and actually, it kind of goes really well with having read Scratch, a book about writers oh, making money. Like, I'm very interested in that kind of stuff, but I just didn't feel like the plot went anywhere. It was kind of dry. Mm. And um, I didn't feel like the drawing style was like... It never wowed me. It's cool. Oh, yeah. It's... But it's, it's sort of like there were no pages where I kind of <gasps> gasped or there were no panels where I, I kept staring at it because it was doing something really right. cool. I mainly just read the dialogue and kept on going. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the that art kind style of is more novel? of like a, a vehicle to get the story moving rather than exactly. being like a destination of its own. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. So what I kind of, when I finished it, I was like, I think, because it was a memoir, the, this actually happened to the author and, and it was her real life. Um, I kind of felt like instead of being a memoir, it should have been a graphic novel based on her yeah. life. Because if she'd added a bit more plot, a bit more straightforwardness, it, instead of being kind of meandering, it was a bit long. I think that would have helped strengthen it. I did enjoy it, but I just didn't love it. I don't really recommend that people go out and, you know, pay a lot of money for a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe if you're interested, get it from the library. But, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer. But it was, it was a bummer because I was so proud of myself for reading a book right after I bought it. Like, I read it. It feels like, good, within, doesn't it? It felt great, and but then, then you it never was sad have that where you that see good. it on your shelf for months and months or years and years and just think, oh, I'll read that one day. It's like you just put it on your I shelf and you've already read it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's very cool, but I wish I'd loved it. That would have yeah. felt even better. But yeah, all right. So what are you currently reading then? Yeah, so I've actually been listening to an audiobook for the past couple of weeks, just very slowly, because like I said, I've kind of yeah. been in a reading slump, having a hard time concentrating. However. I am really, really enjoying this book. It is An American Marriage by Tayari Jones. I'm oh, sure I've you've heard seen of this. it. I don't know. It. I don't. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I didn't really know anything about it before I started listening to it. I just was looking through my library um, audiobook thingamabob app. That's what it's called. And <laughs> I was just looking to see what's available. And so that combined with the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge that I'm doing oh, kind yeah. of these things came together because I have a list of the books that I'm planning on reading for the challenge. And one of the challenges on there is a book that won the women's prize. And mm. this book d did win that award. So that's oh, why it popped okay. out at me and it just happened to be available. So I was like, oh, I'll start listening to it. And it's so, so good. Um, the audiobook I highly recommend, first of all, because it is narrated by a few different narrators, um, because right. it is about a couple, as you can imagine by the title. And so it's narrated by Celestial, who is the wife, and Roy, who is the husband. And so at the beginning of the story, it's kind of just Roy talking about their, their love story, and you know, they've been married for a year, um, but there's kind of an ominous undertone, because he keeps saying, like, we were only married for a year before something happened, and it's like, oh god, what happens? Um, right. So basically, yeah, they just have a kind of normal life. They don't get along super, super well, but they've been married for a year and then they are staying at a hotel and something terrible happens. A woman mm. accuses Roy of raping her. 
and <gasps> celestial is like that's impossible because he was literally with me the whole time we've been here oh like he never left my sight this doesn't make sense so he gets arrested I hate this. um no. and for context they're a black couple as well so he he yep. just gets gets arrested and God is then it. stuck in jail and they've <laughs> I, only been i hate it for... i hate it really <laughs> what <laughs> so that's so stressful it Ow. is very stressful it's a, a stressful book but it's so well written and within the first like half an hour of listening to the audiobook you just feel like you know the characters very well mm. like it's i was i'm just so impressed with the way this book is written and while he's in jail though the story kind of transfers into a different storytelling style because they're writing letters to each other um right. and so you just get to know what's going on through these letters that they're writing and so that's kind of where i am right now i'm about halfway through the book so i won't say anything more but i am really really loving this book i highly recommend it so far um i have no complaints about it it's just it's kind of like drama filled but not in like a soap opera-y kind of way right. like it's right. it's good right. drama it's realistic drama and um it's very fascinating so i really recommend this book so far um wow. and i've actually i just started another book last night because i really wanted to start a physical book because i've just been doing sudokus and that's all i've been doing so <laughs> i decided i would actually start another book and the book that i decided to start is the bride test by helen oh, Huang. um this one is one that's been on my like up next to read shelf for a long time i yeah. keep putting it on there and taking it off i just don't know why i keep having such a hard time starting this book but i decided to start it last night and it's it's great it's honestly it's great so far this is the sequel to the kiss quotient for any of those who don't know and i decided that i really should read this soon because the third book comes out in a few months i think and if mm. i'm going to buy it i need to have read this book <laughs> right 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 so yeah this is fun because this um this series is kind of more like a companion series the main character in this okay. book is like a cousin to another character from the first book so kind right. of unrelated, but um, still interesting. This one is also kind of stressful because the main character in this book is a man named Kai and he's autistic and he's like 26, I think. And his mom decides that he needs to get married. They're a, a Vietnamese family and she's like, he needs to get a wife. And so she goes to Vietnam and finds a random woman and is like, you need oh, to come, come back home with me and convince my son to marry you. So it's kind of like a crazy romantic comedy type of setup. But I'm wow. excited to see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds like it could be really fun. Yeah. Wacky. Wacky and fun. So I'm, I'm really liking it so far, though. I'm only like 40 pages in. But I just wanted something that would be easy to read and happy and fun. So, so far it's doing that for me. Because An American Marriage is great, but it is kind of stressing me out. So I was like, I can't read something dark yeah, right now. Yeah, it's funny because I just, I went onto the American Marriage uh, Goodreads page to yeah. kind of see what, what people were saying. And the top review is from Bill Gates. He loved it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Awesome. Isn't that hilarious? I think did not expect to see Bill Gates in the comment section of Goodreads. Uh, That's insane. I didn't know he had a Goodreads. I didn't know he wrote reviews. I know. I think he writes them for his blog. Maybe somebody like uh, somebody at his work posts them on Goodreads too. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, he, he it starts that uh, a couple years ago, Melinda and I visited a state prison in Georgia as part of our foundation's work on U.S. Oh. poverty. I'm like everything Bill Gates does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, he couldn't just review the book. He's like, we were trying to fix U.S. poverty. <laughs> um, anyway, he loved it. Thought it was great. Uh, but like, it's almost exactly like you. He says, I wouldn't say an American marriage is a light, easy read, but it's so well written that you'll find yourself sucked into it despite the heavy subject matter. 
So, exactly. Exactly. Bill Gates is saying the words that I <laughs> don't know how to say. <laughs> um, I should mention here, just because I should mention it, I am actually going to be interviewing Bill Gates. I Ooh. Guys, guys, I feel the, like I said, remember last week we were talking about my imposter syndrome for being yeah. on John Green? Yeah. This week I'm feeling immense 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 uh imposter syndrome for talking to bill gates um did we talk about the bill gates thing last week because the imposter syndrome is even worse with this one <laughs> did we no, talk about it we did okay because but haven't you already talked to him uh okay so i got to do weirdly i, I have i have talked yeah. to him so i you know i'm not nervous about talking to bill gates i'm yeah. really not what i'm nervous about is that they released the book tour schedule mm. and obviously it's a virtual book tour mm -hmm. and i'm going to be interviewing him on the last night so that's a bit of pressure but it's the canadian stop so i'm like okay that's also a little bit of pressure because i'm like the only canadian right. talking to him all right that's a little that's fine though but then they released the schedule and i swear to god i had i like basically fainted i almost fainted because he's okay the other he's the first day is trevor noah then, oh, it's, okay. then it's Rashida Jones, Dax Shepard is in there, Anderson <laughs> Cooper, and I'm just like, and then it just says Ariel Bassett, and I'm oh like, my oh, god. My god. oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, Like, god. could they not find a Canadian actor? I, I know! I was like, where was Drake? Where was Justin Bieber that day? And then everyone else was really, like, really. Michael Sarah? Come on, there's so many options. <laughs> Michael Sarah. I mean, but seriously, Michael Sarah makes more sense. Um, but you're I'm, a great interviewer, so you probably will do better oh, than all of those actors anyway. Just saying. That's really nice of you to say, Raylene. Yeah. And I honestly, I need to hear that kind of stuff right now because I'm so <laughs> anxious about it. Um, but yeah, so on March 10th, uh, if anyone is interested, you can go and apparently, also it's a, it's a paid event. I had no idea. I They asked me to do it and I was like, of course, that sounds great. I'd be very happy to. And it's um, in collaboration with, and I'm not, I'm not paid to mention it on the podcast, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's in collaboration with the University of Toronto. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Cool. Very, that's awesome. Um, but that's like one of, I don't know, it's like kind of became fancier than anyone ever imagined. And, and, and now... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, I just had to mention that. So if anyone listening wants to check that out, that's on March 10th. That is very cool. It is very stressful. It's actually funny, though, because March 10th is the day I'm interviewing Bill Gates. And because of that, March 10th is the date I want to be done my bookshelves by. Because Ooh. I want my bookshelves to be behind me when I mm -hmm. talk to Bill Gates on webcam, right? Yeah. And so uh, by the next time we talk, my bookshelves should be done because I want to have them in the background of for course. that talk. Need to make it so it's impression. yeah, it's been a good uh, it's been a good motivating factor for my home renovation. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, all right. Well, the book I'm currently reading, I think you'll be very excited about actually, really. Okay. Um, maybe we'll see. It <laughs> is. Drum roll! All we shall know by Donal Ryan. That is exciting. A reread. I know. So I am on page fifty-five, uh, but it is a very short book. It's one hundred and ninety pages. Um, I'm really loving it so far. So this is part of my 
oh, honestly, I, I, I don't know how to talk about my life without sounding really cocky. So everyone just <laughs> forgive me. Okay. Everyone just forgive me. Give me some grace. Um, I'm reading this as part of my picking the perfect book for the John Green book yeah. club situation. So this was one of the books I wanted to reread before, um, throughout March. And yeah. so, yeah, so I'm started tackling it. It's so beautiful. It is so good. I'm loving it. Um, I'm thinking maybe, though, that it's too sad. Oh, <laughs> Like, I think it might be too sad for that conversation. Um, but we'll see. So anyway, I'm really <laughs> enjoying revisiting it, and I'm really glad that I'm loving it, honestly, as much as I loved it the mm-hmm. first time. I keep reading quotations out to Connor or making him read them because I just think that the writing is so beautiful. So uh, it's nice to be back in this world with my man Donal. That's Don't awesome. Ride. I'm happy for you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into book news. <laughs> All right. Actually, really, we've got some good book news oh, this really? week. Okay. Yeah. We got some good stuff. Okay. Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. You will remember this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin Alira Sanz, the author, has announced that a sequel is coming out in october and uh you didn't mention that one in the books that you would buy so i don't know what you're gonna do uh Uh, well i didn't know that it was going to come out also i I really think i what i should do is this summer reread aristotle and dante yeah and then if it's still like if i still connect with it the same way i did many years ago then i will instantly pre-order the sequel just because yeah i yeah we'll see how that goes so yeah it it feels like a perfect summer read and i haven't read it since the first time i read it in like 2014 or whatever it was yeah and like i forget exactly what he said but he he was like it took me a really long time to get to the point where i felt like i could write the perfect story because it's been like 10 years it's been like a really long time actually since that first book came out maybe eight years um but yeah, so that's cool. So that's uh, that's that's happening October. It's happening soonish this year. That's very the cool. next one, oh my god, I was so excited when I saw this. There is a new graphic novel coming out, and I don't think actually that they said when it was coming out. I'll try and double check. But um, Mariko Tamaki announced this on her Instagram that she has a new graphic novel coming out with Jillian Tamaki. Oh, very good. I know. So obviously, uh, what are their two big ones? Skim and Just One Summer. This um, one summer, those yeah. Were, yeah, those were the ones that kind of honestly really got me into graphic novels, yeah. I want to say. Like, they were some of the first ones that I was like really excited about. And I was like, well, these graphic novels aren't like, I thought gra- when I was younger, I thought graphic novels were all just like superheroes and, and right. Sandman by Neil Gaiman. <laughs> That's it. Um, but these all have like characters that um, that are young women and, and are like more issues that I care about. So, okay, yes, it says it's published by Drawn and Quarterly. It doesn't have a title yet, but it's about going to New York City with your friends when you're in college and very cool and you make only great decisions. <laughs> Obviously, I'm very excited, says Marco Tamaki. Um, okay, it doesn't come out, though, until spring 2023. That seems oh, really no. far away. That's really far away. That feels very far. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, anyway, that's exciting. Though, okay, this was a news that I don't think you and I are, are going to care about, but I felt like I should tell the people <laughs> because the people seem really excited on okay. Instagram. Uh, and it's that the Shadow and Bone show trailer dropped. 
Oh, yeah. I got a notification from IMDb about that, but I didn't watch oh, it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I have notifications turned on. They just send me random trailers. It's I love funny. that. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, the people seem happy, which is great news. Um, I have not read these books. I don't know anything about them, so I don't feel in any way qualified to say anything about it. But <laughs> obviously, they're very big books in the YA space, and... I'm, I want the people to get a good adaptation. So if yeah, you're excited about that, the trailer is out now. Uh, when does the show come out? I don't know. This year sometime. <laughs> and then our final one. Oh, man. We got some good graphic novel news this week, I guess. Yeah. There is, Brenna Thumler announced this on her Instagram that she is part of a collection. So it's a graphic novel anthology. Whoa. I know. And it's called The COVID Chronicles. Oh, it's okay. all I know. It's all of these different stories um, by different graphic novel artists. I don't know how many of them there are. I don't know how many different writers were in here. But it's all stories that have to do with COVID. And... I think that sounds awesome, right? It uh, says, in 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic brought the world to its knees. When we weren't sheltering in place, we were advised to wear masks, wash our hands, and practice social distancing. Um, businesses were shuttered, travel stopped, workers were furloughed, market the markets dropped, and people died, etc., etc. So it just talks about like everyone writing about this. I'm so excited. This sounds so up my alley. Yeah, this is very cool. And Brenna Thumler is in it? I mean, come on. I'm very intrigued by this. <laughs> um, so definitely, I don't know when it comes out. I'm trying to, I'm trying right now while I talk to, to see, but I have no idea. Um, but yeah, so that's cool. Um, this is February 15th. Could that be correct? <laughs> maybe next year. Oh, no, it says February 15th, 2021. So it's maybe it just out? came out. Hmm. Maybe that's why she was talking about it. Maybe it just came out. Cool. But yeah, anyway, that's very exciting, and I thought that that was cool. We've read a couple of graphic novel uh, anthologies, and I felt like we've liked them on the podcast in the past, yeah. so that's cool. All right, that's my book news, Raylene. Now it's time for Ruben's Book Olds. <laughs> Gets me every time you call it that. It's so fun. Okay, so this uh, this week's Book Olds is um, thanks to one of my friends who read this book recently. And I was like, what the hell? This sounds crazy and cool. So this is a book that came out in 1974. I'll read you the description. Oh, well, I'll tell you what it's called first. House of Stairs by William Sleater. Uh, I don't know what else this guy has written. Seems like he's kind of an old, like he in the 70s, he wrote books for teens, uh, speculative okay. fiction and stuff. Okay, so that's what this one is about. One by one, five 16-year-old orphans are brought to a strange building. It is not a prison, not a hospital. It has no walls, no ceiling, no floor. Nothing what? but endless flights of stairs leading nowhere, oh except God. back to a strange red machine. The Whoa. five must learn to love the machine and let it rule their lives. But will they Whoa. let it kill their souls? <laughs> I don't know. Will they? <laughs> Doesn't it sound crazy? <laughs> it sounds really loopy. Did your friend like it? Yeah, like she loved it, which is what made me like kind of look into it closer because I was like, what the heck is this weird book? Um, but yeah, she said it's excellent middle grade. It's kind of like a transitional between middle mm. grade and YA. So it's like, you know, good kind of horror slash speculative fiction for for a younger audience which it just sounds like surreal as heck which 
I think sounds really cool. So yeah, I've never even heard of this author. He has another book called, oh, it's called Pig. Oh, Interstellar <laughs> Pig. Sorry. It's called Interstellar Pig. Hmm. Fascinating. Well, it sounds crazy. Stairs leading to stairs leading to stairs. Very. Yeah. Like. Uh, who's that? Kafka? It sounds very Kafka-esque. It sounds like a dream or a nightmare. I don't know. Kafka stairs. What am I thinking about when I'm think? Why does Kafka make me think about endless stairs? I don't know. I don't know either. Did Kafka write that story about the, uh, the endless library? Is that? I don't know. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No! It's Borges. Borges, the Library of Babel. That's an interesting short story, Raylene. It's about this, like, endless library. That's what that makes me think of. That sounds cool. Yeah. I like wacky, weird stuff like that. Cool. I'll look up that story. It says, uh, though the vast majority of the books in this universe are pure gibberish, the library also must contain somewhere every coherent book ever written or that might ever be written and every possible permutation or slightly erroneous version of every one of those books. Like, it's like this giant book. It's just this library that has every book that could exist. That's cool. Okay, I, I just googled that. it, and there is a website called libraryofbabel.info, and it's very scary. Oh. It's got oh, all these it links, spooky. and it brings you to strange places. I don't understand. <gasps> oh my god, you're right. That is spooky. I wonder ah! if this is... Ah, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> it's a cult. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we've come to the end of our episode. This was a good one. Lots of books discussed. Oh, yes. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Like we mentioned, if you want to be a part of our book club, you just got to read the book. Emma, uh, maybe you've already read it, actually. So you've, you have you secretly, without knowing, prepared eight years ago when you read <laughs> it for, for school or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have until April 17th to send in a 30-second voice clip of you with your thoughts on Emma. We'll remind you closer to the date again. Um, if you want to keep up with the podcast, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram because that's where we kind of put a lot of our updates. And uh, yeah, we're we're off now to record our Patreon-only mini-podcast, Books Unbucket, where we answer a question from our uh, patrons. This week, we're actually going to be answering questions for each other because uh, we don't have any new ones on the on the Discord and we forgot to look it beforehand. So uh, <laughs> if you are a patron, definitely uh, leave us any questions that you might have because we really like answering stuff that you guys actually care about. Yeah. So thank you so much to everyone for listening and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>